Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. In these weekly podcasts, I try to address as wide an audience as possible. Although I come out of a Protestant tradition, I try to speak meaningfully to people of all faiths and denominations, as well as those who are seeking their own way to express their faith and spirituality. This inclusive attempt is particularly important to this week's gospel, where Jesus himself is confronted by the faith of a woman who does not follow his own Jewish tradition. Listen to this story from the Gospel of Matthew. Then Jesus called the crowd to him and said to them, Listen and understand. It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but it's what comes out of the mouth that defiles. Then the disciples approached and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if one blind person guides another, both will fall into the pit. But Peter said to him, Explain this parable to us. Then he said, Are you still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach and goes out into the sewer? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this is what defiles. For out of the heart come evil intentions, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, and slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands, that does not defile. Jesus left that place and went to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman came from that region and came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David, my daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, and saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. Here ends the reading. I want to focus first on this interaction that Jesus has with the Canaanite woman from the region of Tyre and Sidon. This region was essentially enemy territory for Jewish travelers. When the Israelites came into the Promised Land, God ordered them to completely wipe out these people. In Deuteronomy we read, But as for the towns of these people that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, you must not let anything that breathes remain alive. You shall annihilate them, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, just as the Lord your God has commanded, so that they might not teach you to do all the abhorrent things that they do for their gods, and you thus sin against the Lord your God. Now, the acts recorded in the book of Deuteronomy were ancient history by the time that Jesus came along, a couple of thousand years later, and obviously relations had improved somewhat. 
Jesus was certainly no advocate of genocide. However, religious history persists and is perpetuated by Scripture, the Scripture that Jesus read and taught. In brief, Jesus and his disciples would have looked upon the Canaanite woman as an unclean pagan with whom they should not associate. Yet here they are. See, problems exist in this area still today between Israelis and Palestinians. These are attitudes that we can't seem to get past. And these problems don't exist only in Israel and Palestine. Christians think that they're better than Jews. Christians of one denomination believe that others will not be saved. It seems like Muslims and Christians will never get along. And Buddhism and Hinduism are just weird and aren't valid religions at all. At least those are some common attitudes. Jesus and his disciples, then, are products of their time and religious culture. Canaanites, for them, were unbelievers or unclean pagans. They certainly didn't follow the Jewish dietary laws or Sabbath observances. They were Gentiles, which essentially referred to anyone who wasn't Jewish. Jewish had been, Jesus had been traveling around Galilee, a Jewish region, teaching, casting out demons, and healing people. He developed quite a following, and most of those followers were Jewish like he was. But now they pass into the Gentile region. The Canaanite woman that they encounter, a non-Jewish woman, has evidently heard of the power that he possesses, and she is distraught because her daughter is possessed by a demon. Jesus' response to the woman's request for help has been the subject of a lot of discussion because his behavior doesn't seem, well, Jesus-like. First, he ignores her, but she keeps on shouting at him for help, so the disciples complain she's making a scene that he should send her away. So he tells her that he was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel, in other words, to the Jews. But she comes and bows down and begs and says, Lord, help me. And by the way, Lord is not necessarily a religious term. It's a term used for someone with power, like master. Then Jesus speaks figuratively and says, it wouldn't be right to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. What an insulting figure of speech at that. He's comparing her and her child to dogs. Now this woman is not a fool. She turns this metaphor back on him, said, he has, but even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the table. I could almost see Jesus throwing his head back and laugh, saying, You got me there, lady. And Jesus praises her for her faith, and we learn that the child was healed at that instant. The implication was that the woman's faith had healed her child. Jesus and his disciples had ex acted exactly as would be expected of them by their religious tradition and cultural expectations when they tried to turn the woman away. She had no right to approach them that way. The extraordinary thing is that Jesus praises her faith and then helps her. Now, this story is troubling to some people who can't believe that Jesus would be so hard-hearted as he apparently was when the woman approached him. 
I've heard pastors and teachers tie themselves in knot trying to explain Jesus' actions away. Maybe he was just faking it to test the woman's faith or teach her a lesson. After all, Jesus is divine. He's supposed to be without sin. And wouldn't the callous way that he treated the woman be a kind of sin? And did Jesus really change his mind? Wouldn't he have done the right thing in the first place? Now, we could enter that argument, but I'm not going to. To me, those questions are about as meaningful as asking the old question, how many angels can dance on the head of a pin? I could care less, or quote Rhett Butler, Frankly, Scarlet, I don't give a damn. Those types of discussions only distract us from the meaning of the story. This is, incident is not about Jesus' sin or lack thereof. It's about the woman's faith and what constitutes true faith. It's about extending God's mercy to all people. Now, this would be a good point in which to go back to the first part of our reading today, where Jesus is talking about what defiles a person. Jesus had come under fire from the pious religious leaders because he and his disciples ignored some of the proper religious rituals, like washing their hands before they eat. This is not like your mom asking you if you've washed your hands before you ate. She just didn't want you to get sick. But the people of Jesus' day didn't know about germs or make a connection between poor hygiene and health. These were religious rituals that demonstrated your faith and established your identity in the community. And Jesus was also criticized for violating the strict observance not to work on the Sabbath and eating ritually unclean food and eating with the wrong people. But Jesus says, it's not important what you eat or how you eat it. It's not what goes into your mouth that matters. It's what comes out of your mouth that matters because what comes out of your mouth comes from the heart. What can come out of our mouth, he says, are evil intentions, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. I could give you plenty of contemporary examples of those bad things coming out of people's mouths. You hear it every day. But what came out of the Canaanite woman's mouth was her faith and her trust in the power of Jesus to heal her daughter. That She was not defiled. She was blessed. She was sanctified. And at that moment, Jesus couldn't care less about who she was, where she came from, or whether she'd washed her hands before breakfast. You see, Jesus had flipped the script of faith. The outward manifestations of our faith, how people often judge how faithful we are, matter little. What church you belong to matters little. How carefully you follow the rules of a religious tradition matters little. What matters is what in your heart. That's where your faith lies. It does us no good to be faithful members of any faith community if we lie, treat people with disrespect, abuse our sexuality, or speak badly of others. Those things don't come out of the mouth of a person of faith. So let's look at what Jesus saw in the heart of this woman. When we consider the situation of the Canaanite woman, 
we are witnessing a particular expression of faith. It is faith born of desperation. We don't really know what, if any, faith she practiced. We simply know that she was not Jewish. We do know that her faith was not providing any solutions to her problem. And she had heard of the power that Jesus had to heal, so she comes to him as a last resort. We know that her begging Jesus for help cured her daughter of demonic possession. But once again, we're not given any details. She was simply healed. If you go through the stories of healing that Jesus performs in the Gospels, you will find that many of them are like this. Blind people, people with demonic possession, people with horrible skin diseases, and people who are hemorrhaging come to Jesus on their knees, begging for him to help them. They will take any scrap that falls from the table. Jew or Gentile, it doesn't matter who they are. What they have in common is their absolute desperate situation. They have nowhere else to turn. So let me make a bold statement. Faith only arises out of desperation. There is no such thing as easy faith. Some of us, like the Canaanite woman, will face tragedies and seemingly insurmountable challenges in life. We may have an incurably sick child or spouse. We may be like the people in Maui who have lost family and possessions to that devastating wildflower fire. We may experience the pain and loss of broken marriages and relationships. There are any number of things that can cause us to hit bottom. But can't we be people of faith without experiencing such tragedies in our lives? As, as a child, I lived a pretty uneventful and blessed life. I had two parents, good home, enough to eat. I was baptized, went to church with my family on Sundays, attended Sunday school, and was eventually confirmed. And I thought I had faith. My desperation, though, came through my identification with Christ as I walked with him through his suffering and death on the cross. The faith that I gained through that experience would help prepare me for the real tragedies and trials of life. Our walking with Christ creates in us a kind of empathetic desperation. In the end, however, none of us makes it through this life unscathed. No matter how fortunate we are or our loved ones are, we must all face our own mortality. Even if we live to be a hundred, we will come to the point that all we can do is throw ourselves on the mercy of God and release ourselves into his loving arms. And as our story today foreshadows, at that moment, through God's mercy, we will receive the healing gift of eternal life. Listen to this cry of desperation that is recorded in Psalm 88. O Lord God of my salvation, when at night I cry out in your presence, let my prayer come before you, incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down into the pit. I am like those who have no help, 
like those forsaken among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep, your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. Be assured that even from the depths of the pit, when we cry for mercy, God will grant it. And we can add the words of the 23rd Psalm, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace and mercy.